Okay. Whoa, that was fun. That was fun. John, hey, John, I yeah. got the episode. Oh, you got the class episodes. I got the class episodes, and I picked up Chinese food like we talked about last episode. Oh, awesome. That is that is amazing. Uh, where where did you go? Um, I, I went to a house in Shanghai. Uh, house of Shanghai? I've never actually heard of that place. No, no, I, <laughs> I actually went to a house in Shanghai, China. I think it wasn't 2017. What did I program it for? Something earlier than that. Late 60s, I think. It was good. T- Taylor, let me let me get this straight. You used a time machine to go get dinner? Well, I, you know, I figured if you're going to do it, you might as well do it with some style. You, you wanted the broccoli beef, right? Yeah, that's that's uh that's what I wanted. Thank you. Cool, cool. Should we do this? I think we should do this. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. We are going to talk about the first two episodes of the Doctor Who spinoff class. But before I do that, I would like to welcome in my good friend and traveler throughout time and space, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going? Oh, man, John, it's it's going good. We got through Halloween. We are now dealing with the time change. We are about to shelter in place for the election. And then it's my son's birthday party, Thanksgiving, and suddenly it's Christmas. I don't know what is happening to this year, man. It is it is going by pretty fast, I must say. It really is. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing quite well. Um, I just finished watching BlizzCon with a bunch of friends this weekend. Nice. Um, I saw Doctor Strange, a different doctor. Oh, wow, that? It was very good. I suggest go yeah. s- you go see it and maybe see it in 3D. Nice. There will be a Bampow TV episode about that coming up this week as well. So, you know, I had a fun little week. And a well, weekend. The week has not begun yet. Oh, let's not get there. I yet. think the time change you mentioned it uh, is it's just screwing with me right now. It, you know, I hate daylight savings time to begin with. Yeah. And either going into it or coming off it, it just, I'm messed up for a week. I hear that. I definitely hear that. <laughs> So, before we talk about these class episodes, uh, yeah. we have some Who news. Indeed we do. And it looks like the uh, photo ops have gone on sale for Gallifrey One, which is a event Taylor and I will be attending. We are very excited about it. Um, I personally, I don't know, I never have done any of the photo ops. Um, I know our good friend Mike has uh, gotten a couple of them or has had a couple of photo opportunities. Um, He actually has a very hilarious picture of him and the war doctor. Um, Very, very funny. Yes, 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 yes. I've seen that one. That is hilarious. Yes, uh, very good. If you follow Mike on any of his social medias, I'm sure it's 
somewhere around. Oh, indeed. So you thinking about doing these? Doing one? I'm, you know, I'm tempted. And, and I've talked, I mean, I've talked with you about it. I've talked with Mike about it. And it, it seems really cool. And it, I'm, I know it's a great keepsake. I, I see lots of them every year from everybody else who does them. But it actually also sounds horribly inconvenient to try and do it because I guess they don't actually announce when like yeah. a particular person is doing that op until like like something like 10 days or something before. Yeah, basically the event. So part of me is torn because it's like there's a couple of people who I'd be like, OK, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. But then I'm like, what panels might I miss out on? True. So I'm still weighing it. I haven't decided yet. You got some time. I mean, I, I'm hoping I've got some time to think about it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, I'm I'm sure we will have a fantastic time at Gallifrey. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. I am very excited. Very, very, very excited. So uh, there will be a sneak peek of the Doctor Who Christmas special on the November 18th um, special, the Children in Need special uh, in the UK. I feel... Like we've gotten a little some Doctor Who shorts in the past from totally. these specials, um, mm-hmm. so they they always usually do something with the children in need specials. So um, excited for that! Yes, and this looks like it'll be a proper sneak peek, not a behind the scenes ah. sneak peek like we've been getting. Excellent. Now I believe this is a show. This this next note. This is. Um, I'll let you take this next note here. Okay, yeah, because I threw this, I actually threw this up on our uh, Facebook page for Podcastica, trying to see if anybody could answer this, because uh, I was going to give them a shout on the episode. Unfortunately, nobody chimed in, and it would have been a really easy trip to IMDb to solve this. <laughs> but as you know, I'm watching the NBC show Timeless, and I'm still really enjoying it. Uh, I do recommend it. Uh, don't expect the level of amazingness that doctor who is but it's still an inciting uh show um but timeless actually has a doctor who connection uh the actor patterson joseph who plays connor mason on timeless he's kind of like the i don't know elon musk of the show he's the one who's kind of has this program that has built this time machine um he was actually in the episodes bad wolf and the parting of the ways and he played a character named roderick really he did huh not only that, but digging a little bit deeper, he was actually considered for the role of the 11th Doctor. Wow. Right? This is um, Patterson Joseph. Yes. Okay, I'm going to look this guy up yeah, right now. Him up while I finish the note. Um, and what originally triggered this was seeing a tweet from the folks at uh, Strangeness in Space, the uh, podcast that Sophie Aldred's on, um, he actually played a character in a previous episode, which I didn't realize it was him because I was just going by the boys. But once I saw a picture of him and they were talking about it, I'm like, wait a second, I know that guy from something. Yeah, and I feel like we had actually, in a in a past episode, mentioned that they were thinking of cast we thought it was um who did we think it was Idris Alba funny yeah, enough probably, who is, gets a mention probably. in this episode yes Idris Alba yeah but there it is okay yeah all right so we have a, a timeless doctor who connection here excellent always good when you can find doctor who connections absolutely so taylor are we uh <sighs> we ready to talk about what we watched 
for this episode. Warning. Spoilers ahead. All right. You heard you heard the warning, folks. So we watched episodes one and two of the Doctor Who spinoff class. Uh, these episodes are titled For Tonight We Might Die and The Coach with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, it is, I'm going to say, featuring Peter Capaldi as the Doctor in episode one. That's probably a better way to put it, yeah. <laughs> it is starring Greg Austin as Charlie, Sophie Hawkins as April McLean, uh, Fady, Fady... Yeah, you want me to do this one? Yeah, go I for it. Because you know why? It could actually be Foddy, because I have a friend whose name is Foddy, but it is spelt with an I. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, well, I'm going to run with that pronunciation, because it sounds better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fadi El Said as Ram Singh. Vivian Opara as Tanya Adele. Is that actually how it's pronounced? Tanya Adiola. Adiola. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I added a Y at the end. And Catherine Kelly as Miss Quill. It was... er, That one was easy. Hmm? That one was... was Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, actors. <laughs> um, it was written by Patrick Ness and directed by Ed Bazaliga. Uh, no, Basil Gut. Basil Gut. Get get get. I like Basil Gut better. Basil Gut. Ed, call me. We'll we'll collaborate on your the changing of your name. Yep. Now that we've murdered the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, we just I well, I mean, did we we didn't really make it through any of these episodes without a murder, so why why not? Oh, blame that the truth. Uh they first aired October 22nd of the year we are currently in 2016 in the UK and Canada and somehow over here. Yeah, and everywhere else but America, which is why I had to travel to the future to pick them up. And can I just say it was really hard avoiding spoilers for the beginning of season 10 while I was oh, there. Oh, I bet. That, oh, well, dude. I'm glad you did because, oh boy, that would have been a yeah. whole thing. So, yeah, although when the doctor grows that third arm, I know, anyway. Oh, no. Ah. Uh, so, we have yeah. some story notes here. Uh, the first note is there. <laughs> There are lots of story notes, but most of them could spoil what we are going to discuss. I enjoy that note very much. <laughs> I'm glad you did, because I'm reading through these notes trying to fill stuff out. And I'm like, okay, if we cover all this stuff right now, we're totally <laughs> going to take away from the episode discussion. So I'm like, okay. Well, you know what? Actually, most of the people won't have heard the butchering of these names if they stopped listening after the spoiler alerts. So maybe we dodged a bullet there. And by we, I mean me. (laughs) So uh, the working title of episode one was The Prom. And honestly, I like that they've done these ridiculous titles. They are pretty over the top. And uh, let's see, this is the third time the Doctor has guest starred in a spinoff, the first two being The Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood. And Taylor, as always, you have a synopsis for us. I do. I do. Thank you for not calling this one world famous, because I I don't know that it's all that great trying to... It's famous. ...synopsize two different shows, or two different stories. Ah, very true. Ah, a diverse cast of teen tropes are thrown together with a couple of of last-of-their-kind tropes and are reluctantly put in charge of dealing with anything that comes through rifts in time and space that, oddly, the 
doctor created and is having others clean up. Also, how is Coal Hill even open anymore after all this? You figure it would have exploded. Or there would have just been so many weird things going on. It would have been like, um, yeah, city council's kind of freaking out or the school board's freaking out about this. Uh, We need to shut this place down. You feel like UNIT or, I don't know, Torchwood, if it still somehow is around, would have uh, stepped in. Exactly. I'd actually like to see UNIT show up. Well, hopefully that happens. We did get a little nod to them in this. Yeah, that's true. We'll get to that. And one thing that's worth noting with class, as I understand, it is actually an eight-episode run for its first season. And um, we watched the first two, and I guess I want to first of all say... I was very hesitant about this. If you go back and listen to past episodes, um, I was not really on board at all, mainly because I feel... I never watched Sarah Jane Chronicles, or Sarah Jane Adventures, excuse me. Um, I did watch Torchwood, and for the most part, Torchwood um, was all right. I guess that's putting it lightly. I liked it. Um, so to have another spinoff was, I was like, oh, I don't know. And, but let me tell you, overall, I was, I'm, I'm 100% on board with this. I really enjoyed these two episodes immensely. Yeah. I, you know, I also was very hesitant. I think always hopeful, but very hesitant and, you know, I've said it many times on this podcast when something is described as what was it sexy and edgy. And right now, um, all I see are three very empty terms. And I'm like, that tells me crap. Yeah. About what you guys are trying to do. So I was also very hesitant, but I saw that it was getting some good, uh, response. It definitely wasn't getting anything horribly negative. You're right. So I was really hopeful going into watching this. And, and yeah, despite some points where I was like, wow, I did not expect this level of, let's say, uh, special effects. Uh, y- yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. And um, being a little surprised at that. Also, two completely random masturbation jokes uh, in oh, each episode. Yes. It's just out of nowhere. <laughs> And uh, that must be the the edgy part. Well, I'm just going to I'm going to break one of our rules right now. And I'm just going to go to one of my notes that says it wouldn't be a Doctor Who spinoff if they weren't saying shit all the time. (laughs) So there you go, kids. You learned a new word today. This is definitely a uh, a uh, post watershed show. This is. A later in the evening, one way they can get away with some swears and some some blood and guts. Yes. Um, yeah, but I mean, d- despite all that, um, which I'm not hating on, I just oh no, I'm not either. No, more no. than I expected. Um, yes, I'm. I am on board with this until they do something just completely inane, um, and I go, what the hell? And so far, um, I mean, we're just kind of talking in general about our feelings on the show. Uh, through these first two episodes. So far, they have done, I think, just a wonderful job of developing these characters in two episodes. Yeah, I'm, I've, been, I've been very impressed with that. Like, I feel like I know 
their all their backstory and it's just it's i mean yeah it is kind of tropey but it, it i mean it's simple and it gets us i think to where we need to be to you know be fighting aliens and such well yeah and and i and i think again talking in general terms yeah it, it, there is some what can i call it tropishness amongst them oh you know here's the jock kid oh here's the brainy girl oh here's the awkward shy one oh here's the oh um homosexual alien prince <laughs> you know which i guess isn't so much a trope i don't even um, know like i mean we, we'll talk about that a little a little more in depth i don't even th- i think he is i would say he's bi i would assume maybe or he may even be pansexual Who knows? yeah Maybe he's just I mean, like an alien version of Captain Jack. But younger. But younger. So Captain Jack's probably on his way. Lieutenant <laughs> Jack. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I think, yes. I mean, that's that again, that's that's where when I'm watching this, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I can kind of, I feel like I kind of see some like almost Buffy parallels. Um, but in that tropishness, not when you when you look at the show and you kind of get into the nitty gritty of it and everything that kind of washes away. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into the first episode, which is entitled "For Tonight We Must Die," and uh, might die. I don't think they have to die. They might die. Oh, might. Did I say must? My goodness. You said must. That's a that's a slip <laughs> there, people. It's a very. I'm sorry. Story. I watched the, both these episodes and spoilers. A lot of people are just dying. Yeah, holy moly. So we start off with a crazy crazy lava monster. That's what I called it at first. Yeah. um, And then we see a familiar crack. It does look very familiar. It looks like that crack, doesn't it? I don't think it is. It's not the crack, but it it, uh, brought me back a little bit there. It took some design tips from the the original. Yes, and we just see two people in a room. This monster enters the room. Yeah, and you were talking about the visual effects. My goodness, they were so good. They were just like the whole uh, the whole lava monster was really well done. Yes, so great, just how it moved everything, and we just uh, assume these people are are dead because we get the outside of the door scream in a shot mm-hmm. um and let me tell you this the opening credits to this show are amazing <laughs> i absolutely love them i and I, I was like all right i'm t- i'm 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 in i'm in this show now it was like some crazy if you've ever seen um the seven nation army video Oh yes, yes, it's yes, yes. Kind of like a sped up version of that with like two tone. I can see that. Um I'm sure there is a better like retro something, some oh, reference we could I, use. I, I kind of felt like it was a rapid, like multicolor ink blot test. Yes. Um I yeah, I kinda you know, caught a couple of vibes off like the orphan black intro because they use that kind of like splashy thing. Although the class one's got a lot more color and, um, for what it's worth, I actually really like the song up all night by Alex Clark. Okay. (laughs) I looked it up. (laughs) Good for you. No, that's good. That's good. I'm kind of glad they went with a song rather than like, 
you know, uh, more of an orchestral piece like like Doctor Who would have. Yeah. To kind of like set that apart. There's there's the right now part of uh, that empty description. <laughs> yes, the right now. There it is. So we come back from the credits and we're getting we're getting hit with characters. Just characters are coming out the wazoo. We got to intro all these people. And I believe yep. one of the first people we see is April. Yeah. And she is, I, she's talking, is she talking to Tanya at this point about how um, she doesn't have a date to the prom and the prom's tomorrow? Yeah. Yes, apparently the prom's tomorrow and they've done zero decorating. Which is insane. Uh, why would you do that? I have no idea, but I thought that was very nuts. Um, we're also talking about a missing, there's a, a, a boy that's gone missing who is the yes. boy from the beginning. And um, April asks, um, which is, this is the funniest thing, should have been a tip-off to me, um, Charlie Smith, which is the most generic name besides John Smith, uh, she that, asks him to, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I missed the Smith part originally. Yes, Charlie Smith um, asks him to the prom, and he says no. So <laughs> somebody got burned. Very sad. Um, yeah. And then we enter the classroom, and we have a familiar-looking woman as the teacher um, because we previously thought she was dead. <laughs> well, yes, yes, from the pre-credit, from the pre-credit sequence. And yes. Boy, does she have a fantastic bedside manner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. She. Um, well, I mean, first of all, amateur move, uh, why do you have your keyboard clicks on? Yeah, who, who even... Who like anybody? And that was that was the Russian guy, right? Uh, Mateus, yeah. Mateus, yes. And he was looking, and I love this, and I hope they continue to do this. And they did it in the first two episodes. I will probably mention it again a little later. Um, the floating text, yes. I really enjoy that, and I even enjoyed it more when she dropped the phone on the ground and the text broke, just like the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was a nice touch, but I, I I had this moment of like, oh, okay, so this is this pop up video and right the old VH1 yeah program and and a little bit of that is a nice effect. It it helps give a little bit of stuff fleshed out there. If they were using it like constantly, oh, be, I no. I would literally just pick up my TV and throw it out the window. I agree. They they did it. They used it at a minimum in both. And I think that use it was they, they're not overdoing it. No, I completely agree with that. And Miss um, Quill uh, does not yeah. seem like a very good teacher. <laughs> um, she she seems like she's a very good next Tuesday. If uh, oh, I got I, I follow you there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, holy smokes. I was OK. Um, I did enjoy that in her free time at her desk. She looks at cat pictures um, with cats that are wearing glasses. Um, totally. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're I mean, we kind of get that all of these kids. Now, here's the thing. Am I supposed to understand this? Is, is this the first day of school? No. Because I would, you would not have the first. Day oh, of with the prom, prom right, 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 right. Day of school, that'd be nuts. Well, I mean, they didn't, they didn't like decorate or anything, so maybe. And the decorations <laughs> they did go with were, well, anyway, we'll get to that. Yes, we will. Um, 
I just I feel like I think my only problem with the show is is these characters they all seem like they get along to a point. Mm-hmm. Like there's not one character that's giving a lot of pushback to other characters, if that makes sense. Um and maybe we're just skipping that be- so we can get to be like this is a team. Yeah, I but I I, I feel like we kind of get some of that pushback in the second episode. Yes, and we will. And rightfully so, we'll get we'll get to that for sure. That's um, gonna be like our, our catchphrase on the show. Uh, we'll we'll get to that. That's the AKA we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um so we're introduced to Ram who is I my first impression of him was ah the athlete with a heart of gold. Yes, I saw that note. That was hilarious. Um and he is a soccer player, and we're kind of just we're doing a lot of intro here. We we got the prom going on, we got the rejection, um, we have this star athlete, we have a prim the prim and proper guy who rejected April, um, and then we have um, Tanya who is appears to be the smartest person in in the show and probably in the school. Yeah, she's actually a couple grades ahead of her age. She's actually she's younger than all of them. She's fourteen, she's, right? Is what she says. I think, so. I think that's what it is. She's I think she's fourteen, um, and everyone else is like junior, senior, whatever the equivalent of that is. In, yeah, uh, in England, we're not sure. We don't because we're American. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we have no idea. Um, and um, so we follow. Do we follow Charlie home? I feel like we we're following Charlie home. And he goes into this house, yes, and yes, there, yes. there is Miss Quill and a really big chocolate bar. Yes, and a ve- that she is just nomming away on, and <laughs> so you you go, oh, okay, this is kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Is this his mom? Like, what is going on? I don't understand. And I think it's around this point we kind of figure out that they are both they are not of this world. Correct. And you go, oh, okay, well, this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's around this part where we see April um, trying to get people to volunteer yes. to um, to help her set up for the prom, and nobody's doing it. So she's just sitting in her, she's just sitting in a very familiar room. Well, yeah, and wasn't she also previously talking with the headmaster? About prom, and I and I sat there and I went, wait oh, a yes. second, I recognize this guy. Yes, the headmaster whose name is... Arby. Yes, and we recognize him as well from episode uh, six of the eighth season of Doctor Who, The Caretaker. Yeah, he they, they kept the same actor playing the headmaster, and I thought that was a, a, just a nice touch to kind of keep that continuity going. Yes, I mean, if... If we didn't have a surprise appearance from someone uh, at the end of this episode, it was it would have been just nice to have him there, just to be like, "Hey, this is here's the tie-in." It's a very subtle, but here it is. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think one thing we should note that we haven't mentioned yet is that in a number of scenes so far in this episode, we we kind of get this extra shadow. Yes, in the background, and and they they do it fairly subtly enough that you obviously notice it yeah but it's not so over pronounced that you're like oh, okay okay we get it something's coming and it's kind of like oh 
oh, there's the shadow. Oh, there's something creepy. Something creepy is coming. <laughs> yeah, I feel um, Tanya runs into a convenience store at one point. Yes. Um, oh, then this is this is where the old woman, where... the oversharing old woman, the oversharing old woman. First masturbation joke of the series. There it is. Happens. Chalk it up. We'll keep a tally here at NOTLG oh, R&D. There we go. That's a good use of your whiteboard. Uh, it is actually. <laughs> Okay. What are these tally marks? There's so many of them. Uh, no, I don't think we'll get that far in this show. I hope I, not. I hope not. Uh, so yeah, so she is... And we kind of find out that um, Tanya has been helping Ram with his homework. Yeah. Um, which, uh, there's another trope. Um, and it, yeah, it, an athlete who's not smart. But the thing is, like, they seem... Like, he kind of seems a little standoffish, but it, it feels like they have a good, like, relationship. Like, a friendship. I think on some level, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, certainly when you are at school, you've, in a lot of ways, you've got a different face on. And so he's got his, you know, standoffish soccer jock. Yeah, and we have, oh, and not only is he a soccer player, he is the captain of the first team. He is very, very good. Yeah. And his dad's at all of his practices. Um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of character building going on here, and uh, Tanya has what appears to be an overbearing mother mm-hmm. um, who just wants her to do homework, doesn't want her to like have fun ever. Yeah. Um. So Tanya, they're talking via Skype, which is a great program that everyone should use. <laughs> yep, <laughs> some of us might be using right now. And we we have two things going at, at once here. So we have. Um, inside the school, we have April, who is working on a banner, and then we all have all by herself, which is awful. Yep. Um, an entire school couldn't help her? Come on. <laughs> and then we have Tanya helping Rom with his homework. Yep. And Rom noticed, and I feel like Rom had seen the shadow at one point too, right? I think so, yeah. I think that's the only way, because I think they talk about it a little bit, and then they get into homework. And then it's like, oh, crap, dude, it's it's in your room. Yeah, so the shadow appears behind Tanya and then becomes a full-grown, like, lava. Well, I only call it lava because it had, like, a weird, like, red lava-y eyes yeah. and stuff like that. Um, okay. We find out a little later that it's, it's, a, it's a shadow. It's part of a shadow army. Um, yeah, the shadow kin. Yes, so... Um, Tanya's fighting it off with a lamp, and makes yeah, makes sense. And we get our first curse of uh, the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, well, wouldn't be a spinoff. They're probably like the writers are like, oh yes, we don't have to be. We can just say whatever we want. Well, I think they've definitely were that way on tour. Yeah. Oh yes, definitely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and I believe so. Tanya's you know trying to fight it off. Rom's calling the police. Um, yep. And April is talking with with um, Quill, right? And this, I think, is this after she gets her arm like grabbed by the shadow, or is it? Yeah, it's after it. Yes. And then Quill comes into the room, and then 
we get I like our. That we get a, I like that we get a run. Yeah, I was just gonna say we get our first run. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. It's uh, you know, that's a Doctor Who staple, and we actually forgot to mention that um, we find out that Quill was cornered with that boy in the room from the beginning of the episode. The shadow oh, yeah. comes into the room, and the boy shoots the shadow, but he also gets shot, so they they both die. So yeah. this missing boy is dead, and it's kind of Quill's fault, but she doesn't really seem to think it is. And we don't well, understand but... why um, until a little yeah. while here. <laughs> so they're on the run. I feel like Tanya at some point turns on more lights, kind of figures that out on her own because she's mm-hmm. like waving the the light at the uh, at at it, and it's kind of disappearing a little bit. Uh, and then we go back with April and Quill, and I believe um, Charlie shows up too. Yeah, because the the Shadow King comes out, and he's like, "Where's the prince?" And we're like, "Who's the what? What?" What is the prince? What are you talking about? And it's a displacement gun? Is that what it's called? Uh, that's, I'm pretty sure that's right. And it, it kind of seems to be like a screwdriver, a sonic screwdriver with bullets. That's I mean, okay. right? Like, because she scans. Oh, yes, yes, right, right, yeah. She, she's able to scan with it, but she, she's not allowed to actually shoot it. She's not allowed to shoot it, and we don't understand why. And yeah. um, she gives the gun to April, who tries to shoot um, the Shadow King, but um, Charlie interrupts it. Mm-hmm. And and we're getting some weird, like, April's like, something's not right. Yeah, we get kind of a hearty plot twist here. And we, <laughs> yeah, we do. We find out. Oh, boy. We find out that somehow, and they explain it, and I was like, wait, what? And I was like, all right, that's fine. I can deal with that. Um, we find out that the uh, April and the Shadow King now share a heart, so it's um, it's wibbly-wobbly. It's, yeah, something like that. I was going to try to come up with something more physical or physiognomical in nature, but time change. Yes, definitely. Um, so the Shadow King's like, all right, I'll be back, bye. And he leaves. <laughs> and then we get uh, one of my favorite Quill lines. She, like, through this part, when they go back into the um, the auditorium, the whatever they want, you know, where, where they're going to have the prom. Right. She was great throughout this entire, and actually this entire scene was fantastic. Totally. I thought the comedy was was spot on. Like, um, I like she called April a ludicrous Care Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, April, I think they start to explain. Like, he's like, "What if I told you we were aliens? Would you believe that?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah, you're weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's something very strange going on." Aliens or Amish or something like that. You're either alien or Amish, and he's and we, we we get the backstory. Yes, they're like why they're here and stuff, right? Yes, and it starts out. It's so funny. Like the music comes up and we see the planet, and then it gets interrupted by Quill saying some <laughs> smart ass comment, and then it builds back up, and then we get back into the world. And basically, they both lived on this world. Um, Charles uh, Charlie is a prince, 
and Quill was part of like a renegade. I think she said freedom. Fighters. She said freedom fighters. Yeah. Yeah, freedom fighter, yeah. And they were too busy fighting amongst themselves to realize that they're they were being overrun by this this shadow, this group of shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was killed. Well, before that, um, they capture um, Quill and they insert like they insert some bug in her head basically that um she, because she's being punished for her crimes she basically serves the prince now um yeah which was i am kind of with her that's that's slavery <laughs> yeah, totally um and he's like no and everyone's like yeah that kind of is um <laughs> so she must protect him but she can't use weapons uh, she can't, well... Or she can't use the gun. I think it's, I think it's specifically the gun. And the gun also, if she, if it's fired, shoots at the person who shoots it? Mm-hmm. And that's why that kid died at the beginning, which makes, right. like, why would you even bring the gun? I don't know. I don't know if this gun is specifically supposed to be used on the Shadow Folk or it has some other purpose but yes why why would it shoot in both directions unless it was something out of a bad looney tunes cartoon yes um so we find out yeah (laughs) so we find out that everyone is just getting murdered by these shadows it's i think it's like three billion people yeah or actually we get a nice little nod where she's like do you guys look like this, or did you change your your faces when you got here? And then they right. show what they look like, and they're like, "No, this is how we've always looked." Exactly, I loved that part where you get just that like that one beat. Yes, here's what they actually look like. Oh no, 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 no! This is yeah, this is this is what we look like. Fantastic. <laughs> so fantastic. we let's see here. Um, I feel like the headmaster comes back. Oh no, I'm sorry. We're still we're still in the story here. Um, the doctor basically saves Quill and the prince. They are the last two of yeah. their kind, and he brings them to Earth, and he brings them to uh Cole Hill, Cole Hill as a like safe haven, and is like, "Well, fit in. See you later." Mm-hmm. In typical doctor fashion, I was very excited to see that that big blue box. Ah, oh, felt good. Yes, it, it did. And I got even more excited a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, so the headmaster comes back in and I love that she, that Quill yells, leave us. We are decorating. It's the best. And, um, we get one of my favorite tropes of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just gave you all this information. Don't tell anybody. And then, uh, she goes and tells everybody. Oh yes. So, very interesting. She decides to tell every everybody. Um, I would like to point out. I think we get um, a lot of pretty good parents in this show. I thought April's we, mom was great, mm-hmm. and we get um, Rom's dad his greatness a little later, and we'll get into that in episode two. Um, not sh- too sure about Tanya's mom yet, but I'm sure we'll get a little more information about that but i i enjoyed the parents i just have it april's mom's great you guys i just have that i feel like i feel like we definitely have um some great parents but i think we also get a lot of that like strained parent teen relationship and is it just me or does it seem like every kid only has one parent so i i actually have that note halfway through episode two okay um 
And yes, everyone seems to have only one parent, except for um, I cannot pronounce the Russian kid's name. Mateus. Mateus. Who um, we get a scene where uh, Charlie goes to pick him up, oh, and right. yeah. he says, um, "My deeply religious parents are very happy. I'm going to a dance with a boy. This has been an evening of love and warmth." And I, I was on the floor. I was like, yep. this is amazing. Yep. Um, and Charlie replies, oh, that's great. And then Mateus says, you are a strange, you're a strange person, and then kisses him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Um, and uh, Rom takes uh, Rachel, who I believe, I believe is his girlfriend. I assume yes. it is. Um, yes. Takes her to the dance. Um, the dad kind of seems a little iffy on it. And um, through this whole thing, we find out that um, I think April and by the way, April looked fantastic when she was getting ready for the prom. Yep. I really enjoyed that dress. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's just kind of hanging out. And I also really liked that when uh, Mateus and Charlie got to the dance, Mateus was like, oh, you don't have a date? And she was like, no. And he's like, you're dancing with us then. And I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. that is awesome. That is really cool. That's how you do it, kids. Yes. Be nice to friends or people that you are acquaintance with that you will soon go through traumatic things with that you don't know about because of aliens. Or horribly traumatic. (laughs) Um, Because I got to admit, at one point, uh, Ram and Rachel, I think, come out into the hall from from like the dance floor and there's just I don't know how it's how the camera lingers on him but I'm sitting there I'm like oh she is doomed oh she's doomed yeah she um we were gonna get to that she gets got for sure she 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 gets got poor (laughs) and Rom is just he's covered in blood yeah, I don't remember when the Shadowkin were killing the Rodians that they were all erupting in blood. So I don't know why Rachel did. Uh, there, th- this was um, some supernatural esque amount of blood in this show. Moving yeah. forward, <laughs> so the Shadow. Um, oh my goodness! Um, I he is he battling the Shadow King yet or? N- no, not yet. So not yet, but we, soon. Um, April has like a, a, like a seizure or something, and the heart connection. Yeah, and she goes up on stage and is trying to warn everybody, like, "Please leave. You have to get out. No one's listening to her." And then, yeah. um, <laughs> I I feel like there's a great line when Mateus sees the Shadow Clan and he's like, "Did you hire a band?" <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, they would be the greatest metal band of all time. Wouldn't they? And, oh, man, poor, poor Ram. I feel so, so bad for this guy. He, his, his girlfriend is murdered in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's fighting, he's fighting this dude. Like, he's kicking him. He's doing all this stuff. And, um, he gets his leg cut off. Yeah. By the Shadow King, and it was I was I was pretty upset about that. <laughs> yeah, I was like that's... this poor kid. I was like, no soccer. He loves it. It's in some ways, it's not a, a perfect comparison, but in some ways, I feel like he is the Kenny of class. Oh my! God. 
Yeah, kind of. Except he, he I mean, he technically doesn't. Well, no, I know, but the, the, like I said, it's not a perfect. Yes, analogy, yes, yes, yes. But, but obviously, he keeps experiencing some rather unpleasant things. Oh, that he, we will get to. Yes. So we are. I think our our main cast are back in the um the where the prom is being held. Why can't I think of the name? It's the like the auditorium. Yeah, let's just run with auditorium. And we are getting surrounded by the um, by the Shadow Clan, and the Shadow King comes mm-hmm. in. Everybody's you know talking up a big old storm, and then by the ah. grace of God, our Doctor has returned. Indeed. And I got a little teary eyed. I'm not gonna lie. I was oh. uh, I was very happy to see Capaldi. It yeah. Like I don't, I don't even have words for it. It just felt so good to see him on screen. Came in, owned the room. Um, just made yeah. an IKEA joke. Yes, yes, made an IKEA joke about the cat. We are here for the cabinet. Oh, you can go to this. What does he call it? Like a strange store called IKEA. Yes, like really an IKEA joke. And we're just trying to figure out. He's just you know speeching it up, and he's like, "What are you doing mm-hmm. here?" You shouldn't be here. They're like, we're here for the Cabinet of Souls, which apparently when um, it's where all of the prince's people's souls go when they die so he can go to a new world and repopulate them. But he apparently can also use it as a weapon. Am I correct in that? That's pretty correct so far as I understand. And the shadow people are like, yeah, he's going to use it as a weapon. He's like, no, uh, it's empty. It doesn't work. It was just all BS. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as that. And um, I feel like April is threatening to kill herself because if yeah, she, she dies, she he dies. Off like a, she busts off like a chair leg. Yes. And is holding it to her chest. Like like this this whole scene is actually really heavy. Yeah, it's very heavy and really intense. And Yeah. Uh, I think it's around this point, and I and I love that they let like Capaldi's obviously forming the plan in his head, but I love mm-hmm. that they let Ta- um Tanya say like there needs to be more light. Yes, and I love that they turn on the lights, and it's like oh, uh, nothing's really happening. He's like, nah, <laughs> I got this, and just turns it up with this with the Sonic. Uh, I need that Sonic. I and where is my? Oh, it's upstairs. I love that Sonic. It's so cool. And I love that they did the two color thing. So that mm-hmm. is canon. Um, I guess the green lights for doing stuff and the blue lights for scanning stuff. Uh, you're the one with the Sonic. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just going off what I saw in this episode. Um, sure. And we're kind of chasing them off. And I love that somehow. And I, I have no idea how this kid did this. Um, Rom gets the final shot when uh, they try to take April. Mm-hmm. He gets the chair shot in and then just falls over. And they're like, oh, he doesn't have a leg. <laughs> this uh. is bad. So the doctor takes him into the TARDIS. You know, we don't know what we do. We don't know if he's going to live because his leg has literally been cut off. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of talking to this group of the kids and Quill and... Charlie and his everybody everything's laid out on the table everybody knows what's going on um and the doctor says look Cole Hill is pretty screwed up I'm actually surprised it's still here mm-hmm. um you know wibbly wobbly stuff's going on so it's kind of like a hub for strange stuff 
like rips in time, stuff will come through, all that stuff. But you have two aliens here, and you kids seem to be like you got your heads on your shoulder. And he kind of says to Quill, like, hey, this is your punishment. She goes, I know what my punishment is. He goes, no, not that punishment for this mm-hmm. kid. And he, and he's there. she's like, oh, all right, cool. Um, and they kind of ask, is is Rom going to be okay? And he says, yeah, I got I found, it. what was it, like a, an alien centipede? I, whatever it is, it looks pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it was this crazy centipede and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I forgot. remember if they build the legs or what. Yeah, but it it looks very like robotic-y and you can kind of see through it a little bit. It looks pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um and then we get a little nod to Clara on the her name's on the board. Yes. And I was very sad about that, but she's still alive, so I guess not too sad. Okay. <laughs> um and we get a vampire diaries reference. I know. Which was like, "Oh, this is something out of the Vampire Diaries. Everyone on that show's very attractive." And there's also, yeah, I mean, there's also the the Buffy Hellmouth reference too. Oh yes, <laughs> but you realize what that means? That that now means that that both Buffy and Vampire Diaries are are they exist canonically in the Doctor Who universe? Yes, that's uh... totally sure how I feel about that. But anyway, um, so ev- everyone is going to help everyone. You know, they're going to be like a little crime fighting duo thing, and I loved the the Rom uh, Tanya conversation mm-hmm. where she's like, are you going to be, okay? are you okay? And he's like, no, not really. And then they kind of talk about all the stuff that's been going on for a little bit. And then we actually find out at the end that um, the cabinet of souls is not empty. And I, I believe she's kind of egging him on to use it before. She, well, she doesn't know there's that there's anything in there actually. Yeah. So she's like, you should have killed all of them. And the doctor's like, that's genocide for genocide. I don't know about that. I've mm-hmm. kind of been there. So yeah, we find definitely. out it's not. I'm, and I'm. Oh, go ahead. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not sure. Like, is the cabinet of souls? Is that like a kind of like a TARDIS in and of itself, or is it a dimensional gateway, or is I it actually no from idea. IKEA? It could be from a dimensional I, IKEA. I'm assuming, yeah, dimensional IKEA, where not everything is quite packed flat. Um, I'm assuming they're going to explain it more at some point. I'm hoping. Yeah, I hope so too. So let's, uh, dive into episode two here. Uh, the coach with the dragon tattoo, unless you had anything else to say about episode one. Uh, no, although I do like referring to episode two as the cliche with the dragon tattoo. (laughs) Yes. Fair enough. Um, (laughs) I thought the robotic leg looks pretty sweet. I also said, keep this text message thing forever, but I mean, we touched on that a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, Ram is very bad at soccer now. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of trying to get a feel for it again. Yeah, he's he's very very bad, and um, the coach <clears throat> is being very hard on him. Um, I actually Seriously. do also have a note that I kind of see where the coach is coming from a little bit, in where like, look, this traumatic thing happened to you. Don't bring it onto my soccer field. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I kind of understand that. Um, and Ram's dad is super concerned. Like, oh, yeah. Very concerned. But he's just like, I don't want to talk about it. And then he goes, Ram's like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to the coach. And the coach's assistant, um, it, he is in the locker room 
Um, and he alone. is he, alone, and he is taken by something. And um, oh. my my note is, oh dear lord, that dude is very dead. Um, he is skinned, and Rom, you know, having a great week, uh, sees the skinned body. Yeah, my note on that is Ram is going to be all sorts of PTSD. And, and he, let me tell you, throughout this entire episode, he is just living in it. Oh my god, this, is he ever, like I said, he's in some ways kind of the Kenny. He is like a reverse Kenny, as in everyone around him is dying. There you go. See, that's the better way of describing the it. The reverse. I'll just be like, all the bad stuff happens around him. Yes, yeah, reverse Kenny. <laughs> um, And we find out that the, the coach's tattoo that he has is alive. Yes. So yeah, the graphics, as you know, we we had talked about them a little earlier. Just throughout the sh- throughout the show, surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. And we get that um, Cole Hill, or at least whatever is happening to it, is um, the bunghole of time. <laughs> That's the best descriptor for it. I love that they were trying to figure out what to call it, and then they're like, "No, it's got to be. There's got to be something better than that." No, there's not. Uh, and we find out from the, the 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 headmaster that someone is coming to visit Quill's class, and she is not happy about it at all. Nope. Not one bit. It's inspection season. Inspection season is upon us. And oh, that's a later scene. Never mind. We'll we'll get to the. Um, mm-hmm. I I just want to say Quill overall as a character. At first, you're like, oh, this. This kind of sucks. She's not cool. But, like, after you find out the initial things of what... She's fantastic. Oh, yeah. She's just great. So we're in the classroom with the inspector who is just... He is not saying a word. He's just taking notes, like, constantly. Mm -hmm. And first thing that happens is... And I must say, these, these children are doing a pretty good job of acting like nothing has happened. Yeah. And Quill is as well. But um, Ram's having a hard time. (laughs) Yeah. And and he's like, I'm out, peace. So he gets up and he walks out and he goes to have a smoke, which I thought was odd because he's an athlete. And I believe April or Tanya says something to him later. It's Tanya. Tanya. And she's like, are you serious? I was like, yes. All right. When I'm on par with the show, it makes me feel good. (laughs) And he's just... Out there with that lady, just smoking. I just, I, I just called her lunch lady Olga because she's got that kind of Slavic accent. Yes, and you know he's just like, man, have you ever had? Have you ever just, you know, things just suck? And she's like, I was an accountant back in in Russia, so yeah, things really suck for me right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then she just gets eaten by the dragon. Yep. And, and again, just splat with the blood. Oh, and I'm just like, this is somewhat oh, graphic. Yeah. My okay. goodness. And Rom Rom has just had a couple of rough days. This is just like, this is bad. Bad news bears I'm, for him. Yeah, I'm just going to come out and make a prediction now because, you know, again, first season here is only eight episodes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that in every episode... <laughs> Ram will somehow get bloodied. I I would not. I so far don't doubt it. <laughs> That's just going to become a thing. I I'm calling it right now. And so he's witnessed what? This is three deaths, three deaths in the span of maybe a week, if that. Yeah, yeah. 
pretty much. Violent deaths, nonetheless. And um, throughout the episode, Tanya is, she's just kind of reaching out to him, but not to, like, talk to him about, like, hey, this thing that happened. She's like, I just want to help you with homework. We don't have to talk about anything else. Mm-hmm. And he seems like confused about it. He he almost seems like angry that she yeah, d- is, doesn't of, ask him about it. I I think like deep down he he does want to talk. Yes, but he's just he's processing, and he just he's never had to go through something like this, and he's he's having the hardest time trying to figure his way through it. And yeah, and I feel like she kind of gives him some advice as to this and we get some more of her backstory where we find out that her father passed away i want to say it was two years ago something like that yeah and she's like look i understand if you don't want to talk about it i didn't really talk about it for a while either um so she's kind of trying to relate to him like that friendship is growing and that is you know process or it's um moving along that storyline um and we also find out that Tanya is apparently trying to hack into unit. Well, we hang on. We, we get a couple of things before that, because I think we get a nighttime revisit to... Oh, the dumpster. Uh, to the dumpster. Now, I want to make particular note of the baseball bat that Ram is carrying. <laughs> yes. Okay. Because I'm like, that bat looks really familiar. And I went back and I looked at scenes from Remembrance of the Dalek, and that is identical to the baseball bat that Ace was holding. No way, really? Identical. Wow. Unfortunately, and I had to double check, and I even confirmed this with friend of the show, Mike, um, Ace's bat gets destroyed in that episode. Oh. So it's either just a nice nod to Classic Who or Cole Hill buys their baseball bats from the same company and have done so for like 60 years. Let's just say it's the nod. Let's go with that. Okay. That works for me. That's great. I didn't uh, catch that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is also, I mean, that's also the scene like the coach comes out and Tanya's there and she's like, oh, is the coach really a teacher? Dang. What a burn. Awesome with that. I you're, know, right? You're where you're not supposed to be at night alone. Yep. I wouldn't yep. uh, insult the teacher here. Or, I'm sorry, the coach. The <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also get this, um, like, showdown kind of camera angle and scene between the inspector and Quill. Yes. The oh, next my day, goodness. And she, she chucks the stapler at him. And he just, went, boom. And caught it. Catches it just perfectly. Now, Humanly, perfectly. And this was before we. F- I think we found out about Tanya's father. I actually wrote in between that note that um, I-, I just realized none of all of these children only have one parent. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes, but she threw the stapler at him and just he caught it. And then I love we cut to the scene where the headmaster's like, I don't even understand what some of these swear words are. Yep. And and I think at this point we also get mention of some sort of governess. Oh, yes, yes. And when she's kind of being like... And then we get to the hacking unit, like, little drop. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe we'll get some unit stuff going on in here now. That's pretty cool. So I, I love when she's in there and he's kind of reading her the report and how mm-hmm. he's like, oh, he's not going to report you. He's going to come back tomorrow. And she's yes, like looking true. at the the chessboard, mm-hmm. and she steals one of the bishops and like holds it as it was like a knife or something. She's like, oh, and it, you can just see it in her like acting where she's like, oh, maybe I, I can. What's that? 
No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm listening. Sorry. Um, let me see. So she's she's looking at the chessboard, and you can just see in the acting that when she picks up the bishop, and she turns it into almost like a knife. Like she's like, oh, maybe I can use this as a weapon. Maybe I can get around mm-hmm. the thing. And it's just so funny. Just very, very good. And then I think because Rom is not talking to anyone about what's going on. And no. so I feel like someone else sees... Do, do Is this when we see the other dragon? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, yes. So April... Who is it? It's April, um, Tanya, and Charles. I feel like they talk about the missing... Uh, the missing lunch lady. Yeah, they go into see Armitage. Yes, and they go to talk to him, and he's like, "How did you know it was a woman?" And it's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. so we get a lot of like." He's like, "Listen, kids, if there's something you need to talk to me about, like I know a lot of teachers say this, but you can trust me." Yeah, right. Which I thought was it was that was pretty funny. <laughs> well, my my note is this: Rem- remember, kids, never talk to authority. <laughs> never, yes, never talk to authority. Um, the crack opens in his room and uh, a dragon comes out mm-hmm. and, um, Artemidge meets his, his end that I, and I I'm kind of sad about that. I am too. I thought that was, I was like, no, that, I mean, that, no, why? I figured they were going to carry that over a bit longer, but yeah, I thought they were too, but apparently not. Um, I'm pretty Time for a new headmaster. And I have no idea who it's who it's going to be. Maybe it's Quill. That would never happen. Oh, God. No, I hope not. That, that would be insanity. That would. So we go back. I, th- I feel like Quill is at the school by herself. Like, I th- oh, this, the kids start like they're all on a Skype call and they're like, this is what we saw. And yeah. I love I love that the prince is like a really good drawer. He's like fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I I love the the fact that they they actually have a little bit of lag. Yes. Oh, I and really then, enjoyed I'm that. Like, okay, points for accuracy, especially with the call we're having tonight. Jeez. At first, I thought yes, definitely, we are having a lot of fun here, folks. <laughs> I thought like when I was watching, I was like, oh man, what happened to the vid? Oh, and I was like, that's perfect. It's mm-hmm. good stuff. So they they all decide they're like, all right, we got to go back. We're, if we're supposed to be doing this, right? We got to go back to the school. Right. And that's kind of where they piece together that the tattoo on the coach is like eating people or doing whatever mm-hmm. it is doing to people. And he right. has like bags of like meat Ugh. that he's just throwing out. Uh, yes. And... <laughs> Quill is she's there at night for whatever reason and the inspector's there and she's just like all right what is your deal I don't understand what is going on what do you want like the like this dude's not saying anything no nothing at all and he ends up writing and <laughs> he ends up <laughs> writing on his pad and he turns it over and she's like well what do you want and it says you and she goes I right, cool and just makes out with him completely i think at one point she uh as she's walking up on him she's all inspecting miss quill and i'm like okay so if we needed a porn spinoff title that's (laughs) me oh my goodness so she's just like yeah i'm here all by myself 
I'm trapped. This is happening. Let's do this. And he's yeah, still I not saying I, anything. I think I actually heard the bow chicka bow wow. Uh, oh, yeah. Guitars in the background as this was starting. <laughs> and <laughs> but yeah, he's not doing anything. So we kind of have the kids are trying to find the coach. Like they're waiting outside by the garbage cans for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the there's another there's seemingly two dragons. Um, and it comes out by Quill and uh-huh. th- this inspector, he is booking it. Like they yes. just both run and he is book. And I'm like, this dude is super fast. Like he is just running at full speed. But the, um, the dragon catches up to them and she throws the dude in front of the dragon. And this is my note. Quill, LOL. She threw that dude in front of the drag. He was a robot. <laughs> yep. Like, mid-sentence, I was like, oh, man, that dude wasn't a dude. He was a robot. Yeah, mine equated to, dang, Quill. Oh, he was a droid. Yeah, so this dude was some sort of robot or droid or whatever. And um, we are cornered. I think we all meet up, and we are cornered by this other dragon. Um, And we're, we're out there with the coach, and we get the explanation that the coach... Uh, was just walking down the hall, and this dragon just Tumbled attached out of the roof. it. Yeah, a, out of the bunghole of space or whatever they called it. <laughs> um, the bunghole of time, and yep. it just attached itself to the coach, and it kind of that's why he's been so like crazy because it infused him with dragon's blood. Because as you do, as you do, yes, of course. And Ram is just, he is screaming at this dragon. He's like, look, man, just get over it. Because, oh, yeah. it's it's the, is that the female dragon? Yeah, or is it it's the, his mate. Basically. It's his mate, yes. And he's like, look, man, you just got to move on, get over it. Like, it, I, and he's like, I don't care. You can kill me. I don't, whatever. Just get it over with. This mm-hmm. is, I've had a really weird week. And I love when the dragon talks and he goes, how did, how come no one told me I could talk? It's like, this is strange. Right. <laughs> I love that well, that was I, the strangest part for him. Not that this exactly. dragon could skin people in seconds. It could talk. It could talk. Yeah. And I love that, that Ram is kind of out talking the coach. Like they're both trying to convince the, the other dragon to do something. Yeah. You know, or to to go a certain way and and ram's just like screw you coach yeah you don't have to put up with this you don't have to you know you just you know you do this you do that you get over it whatever and i'm like dude points for you ram good job yes he was he was very very good in this in this episode and the dragon goes all right i guess i'm just gonna take the coach with me back through this portal bye everyone yep and ram's like ah all right cool and we get another little scene with Ram and Tanya where she's like, he's like, you're not going to make me talk about it, are you? Like, she, he wants to talk about it, and she's like, nah, I'm good. Like, whatever. Yeah. I'll be exactly. here when you need me to be here. And let me tell you, um, the father-son talk between uh, Ram and his dad was yeah. amazing. I, I I literally have a yay for parents and kids talking note. It it would it almost blew my mind just to just for it to be like like what like this is actually happening like he's like look dad this is what happened I have a robot leg and yeah. there's aliens and stuff and his dad's like all right. <laughs> 
But I mean, he gives him the fatherly advice like, look, we we've been out here practicing like all the time and we're just going to do it again and I'll just be here. And mm-hmm. I was like, yes, this is great. And I'm actually going to read. I've been talking to and we've mentioned Mike a couple of times in this episode. Hello, Mike. Um, he sent me a, a message a little while ago and he said, um, the bit with Rom and his dad is one of my favorite bits of who in years. It felt genuine. Plus it was nice to undermine the cliche of kids hiding this craziness from their parents for several seasons. I support that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that pretty much sums that up. Now that's fantastic. Well said. Very like everything about this this show so far is just it feels as he as mike said it feels genuine Mm -hmm. just feels very genuine it does i like i also like the fact that we get a bit of a scene where the kids are like um so yeah we kind of just killed the coach and they're kind of like coming to terms with the fact that okay protecting all of this and battling this stuff may mean that you're going to be responsible for other people dying yes and it's not just a oh it was a bad guy whatever you know they're gone doesn't matter and and that actually has some weight and some impact um so i i liked that a lot um and then on top of that we get Will inspecting uh, some of the droid parts. Yes, what's on there is and the governess. Yes, so the plot thickens, as they Indeed say. Indeed, it does. Um, I, uh, I mean, we have spoke spoken at great length about about these first two episodes, and uh, we're just going to tell you next time we're going to um, review the third, at least the third episode. Because yes. episodes four and five are a two-parter, and we'd feel kind of weird about splitting those up. Yeah, I, I really, I think that's for the best. I mean, it's going to mean a, a shorter episode next time, but it's for continuity's sake. I think it's the right move. I agree. So next time we will be watching episode three of Class. Um, we hope that you follow along with us. And um, yeah, do you have anything else to say about these two episodes? You know, I'm I'm in. I did not really expect to like it, but I think they're doing a really good job with it. Oh, so I'm yeah. excited to see where they go next. I 100% agree. I am I am all in um unless some horrible horrible thing happens. I cannot see myself saying like we need to stop watching the show. Like like half and half cyber converted women. I don't want to talk about it cyber bikinis (laughs) good lord so that is it for us this time join us again as i said in a couple of weeks here and we will talk about episode three you can uh like us on facebook and follow us on twitter just search the podcastica you can follow me on twitter at team hate and you can follow taylor on twitter at apex buddha Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Podcastica. Look for the Gallifreyan writing. Rate and review us as well. And you can also subscribe to us and every other show on the Night of the Living Geeks Network over at SoundCloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Huge shout out to the Y-Axes. They do our music. You can find them on the Y-Axes.Bandcamp.com. I believe they should have a new album coming out very soon. Um... So go support them because they've supported NOTLG basically since day one. Mm -hmm. They're good people. 
Uh, head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our Podcastica shirts. Good news, everyone. I found my Podcastica shirt, and I'm currently wearing it. I was so stoked to see that thing. I was very happy to find it. I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and it's quite comfortable. I can confirm that for all of you. Who get one, people. Um, and just head on over to notlg.com in general. We got basically a podcast for everyone. So there you go. Indeed. So that is it for us this time. Join us next time as we talk about Class Episode 3, and we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. Jump on tour. You there? Hey, boy. Ahoy, hoy. of the living geek.